This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is sponsored by Hinge, the app designed to be deleted. Laura, can I ask you a question? always please tell me why guys should date me and just so you know i'm gonna record your answer because i can use this on hinge because they've got this thing it's like a voice prompt where you can ask your friends for their take on why people should date you which i just think is great okay people should date you because oh you are just the most beautiful soul you're like a rainbow in human form you're just so pure and sweet and you find the good in everyone anyone would be so lucky to have you i promise you it wasn't for the ego trip okay and it's just it's so much easier as well when you're dating it's so difficult to pull out like the nice things about you it's like writing a job profile isn't it getting the friends involved it's great for a confidence boost but then also to see what other people say about you thanks again to hinge for sponsoring this episode of go love yourself and don't forget to download hinge and give the voice prompts a try this is a crowd podcast a huge thank you to today's Patreon sponsor, Nikki England. Thank you so much, Nikki. And if you'd like to join our Patreon and help keep the show going, head to patreon.com slash go love yourself for more information. Memberships start from £1 a week and you'll also get access to ad-free and early episodes. Or you can also support the show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts. The link to all of those will be in the episode description. Welcome to Go Love Yourself, the podcast where we're all trying to love ourselves a little bit more. I walk in the door, boobs come first, four minutes later I come in. But like, <laughs> that's a documentary waiting to happen, by the way. <laughs> Fat shopper. Fat shopper. <laughs> we're Obviously. pissed, we're chubby and we're pissed. <laughs> Lauren, we've made it. It's May. We've just had a bank holiday weekend. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great because I've had a bunch of time off of work. <laughs> I can tell you're like extra hyper and happy. Extra I love hyper. It. I cheated the system so damn hard for two and a half weeks off, ladies and gentlemen. I use those bank holidays <laughs> and I've still got another week to go. So I'm very excited. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm going away with my friend and it's just nice times. I'm feeling super positive about summer because the winter was 84 years. Uh, so. <laughs> um, mate, how are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm excited for summer. I'm going to start swimming again soon, I think. And Yay! All good. All good. Um, I wanted to let you know we have had so many messages uh, from our episode with Molly Forbes that we did. So I just thought I would share some with you. Hell yes. One of our listeners said, this week's podcast came at such a perfect time. The week after next, my brother and his family are coming over from the USA and my niece is turning 10 the day they arrived. We haven't seen them in four years. Years. I'm trying to be really mindful about not saying anything remotely diet culturally in front of her or my nephew who's seven. The podcast gave me some great information and even though I'm only spending a week with them I'm determined that they will never associate me with diet talk and will instead see me as someone who is confident in who I am. I mean that's that amazing. We also had lots of messages about the the school weight measurement program and I actually did a video 
on my Instagram about this where while filming I have like a childhood trauma recollection and it was just hilarious um, and I'm just like crying on camera about it but I had so many messages about that and so many parents saying that they take their children out of the measurement program because it's so detrimental to their you know emotional well-being. We had this particular message from one of our listeners and she said I worked as a school nurse and got two disciplinaries for telling parents it was a load of bollocks. <laughs> uh, that's just fantastic. I love that. And there was I actually got a bunch of messages for teach from teachers being like this is bollocks. How did you? Loads of teachers saying it's it's silly. We we know it's a money thing unfortunately. So go the teachers who are having to deal with this bollocks <laughs> absolutely another one of our listeners said minutes in and tears already i remember being weighed at primary school i remember my exact weight i was so ashamed and i think that's where it all started for me i had no idea it still happened or was even a scheme now i'm so happy to know someone is trying to stop this yeah we're, we're just so pleased that that episode was really helpful like that's it's so amazing thank you again to molly for being so great and informative and inspiring and just kudos to the parents and the teachers out there trying to fight the good fight. <laughs> so today we wanted to do a bit of a deep dive, Lauren's favourite. <laughs> Every time. Um, around plus size fashion, because I don't know about you, but I feel like things are going backwards. Really? I'm really struggling at the moment. And I... I think there's a few reasons for this. So I'm going to kind of, I suppose, we'll caveat, obviously, the cost of everything that's gone up. So I wonder if that sort of has a part to play in it. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like all this kind of like Y2K 90s trend stuff. Oh, scary. It's all back in fashion and it's horrific. It's not my favourite trend, I won't lie, because um, <laughs> it seems to be clothes that I wouldn't wear. Yeah. with my body that I would feel comfortable. I can wear them. If I wanted to wear them, I would wear them. Mm. But I don't personally want to. That's fine. People do, whatever. But I don't want to wear... It's kind of like the... You know, those little butterfly tops. Mm. Not the ones for us, girls. <laughs> the actual, you know, the actual ones that are shaped <laughs> like a butterfly. Not the cold shoulder ones. Not the cold shoulder bejeweled butterflies. The actual ones that like Mariah Carey wore in the late 90s, yeah. early noughties. Backless tops and loads of crop. I mean, crop's been around for crop tops. ever. Can we move? Cargo pants. Uh, cargo pants. But the thing is, like, rock it if you want to rock it. Totally, but yeah. But I think totally. it kind of, it's... It just, it doesn't feel very accessible to us. Absolutely. And I think even the ones, things that I've seen that some retailers are doing in my size, I don't think are made that well. And Mm. I don't think look that nice. But that's how I feel. How do you feel? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I just, I just find it really frustrating. Like over the last few weeks, I've been looking and I kind of, I bookmark all of my favourite retailers and then the new in page. Oh, good idea. So then I know like what's coming in and I just feel so disappointed, to be honest with you, with so much of the stuff. This and so interesting. Okay, maybe I don't need the clothes, but obviously part of my job is to kind of go, oh, right, yeah. this is new in or trends and whatever. I just do feel a little bit disheartened at the moment and I'm, I don't know. We need to have our own plus size clothing brand. We need to launch it. I don't know how or why or when or whatever you would do. We do. The stuff that we would make would just be the stuff that we want to wear. Laura mentioned this, I think, in our first or second episode back about like you think that plus size fashion is going backwards. And I, I didn't really. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was confused. I was like, is it? Because I hadn't seen it or I haven't really bought a lot of new clothes in the last six months you've been doing a lot of vintage so I've been doing a lot of like second hand fashion which is 
the best, but <laughs> at some point in time, the new stuff will become secondhand. And do you know what I mean? So, but why is it going backwards? You know, the fashion is such a huge thing. Mm. Why? I feel why? like the quality isn't there with a lot of brands. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like it's we're just an afterthought all the time. And even like there's a there's a brand um who rhymes with Foo Hook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Foo Hook. Yeah, who all? <laughs> Can I say? I think that was pretty quick. Like I just thought of that. No? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> this is really bad. Okay, seventy percent roughly of their stock in the straight size will go up to a size twenty-two instead of an eighteen. And it's like, okay, so on the one hand, you can look at that and go, "That's brilliant." It's progress. It is yeah. On the other hand, it's like. Why stop at a 22? What is, and the, why, what is the fascination with 22? Because loads of brands do that, don't they? They do. And it's, I don't know why they just, it's like they have like, you know, those like bingo things. <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes they're like, which number should we stop at? Like, and it's just always seems to be 22. Yeah, that'll do. It's always like, that's the last, like the the, the most acceptable yeah, number yeah, of like yeah. fat. And then we anything above not. that, oh no, can't be promoting obesity. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But yeah, but also why only some of it? This is what makes me yeah. really cross as well. It's like, there's lots of brands and brands that I really really like as well that have now got extended sizing but only in some things there's nothing worse like you see something on the website and then you're like oh, oh no that one doesn't go up uh, to my that, size that happens to me all the time that's actually probably one of the reasons I started shopping so much second hand is because I want to buy all these lovely clothes but they're not available in my size like mm. I think H&M are a really bad example of that as well because they're, they're getting better but so much of their lovely stuff is not available plus size. And yeah. it's literally tight. Like, it's small amounts of stuff. And it's. I think it's basically all high street re- retailers. And I don't really understand why. I but I think what makes me cross as well is that a lot of... They won't have them in their physical stores. You look at, like, H&M. So my local H&M is Blue Water. It is over two floors. And mm. it's one of the biggest stores other than, like, your M&S, John Lewis. Nothing in there. They've even got a homeware section. Like, why can't they just have us, even like if it was a bit smaller, but just have a plus size section? But I feel like retailers always complain that their plus size clothing ranges don't perform well, but that's because they don't invest in it. They don't tell people it's there. If it is there, the quality is normally inferior. The cut is inferior. And it's just, it's just not good enough. If you marketed your plus size sizes as you did your smaller sizes, the women will come. The UK national average dress size is 16, which means roughly there are as many people above than below, right? Which means the people that your customers are there. It's just never made sense to me as a business decision because your customers are there. We have got money to spend. We want to buy clothes. Yet I can't go into New Look or H&M. It just doesn't make business sense. I don't think businesses appreciate the power of the plus size pound. And I was looking at... Power of the plus size pound. Oh, damn. Alliteration, (laughs) be it. Um, Plus size women represent 68% of shoppers. 68%. Shut up. Really? Why are we not being catered for? We're more than half. We're almost three quarters of the amount. Why are we not being catered for? I need somebody who's in a position of power in one of these retail spaces to tell me why. Like, for example, would would Arcadia have gone under the top shops, the Miss mm. Selfridge, the Dotty P's, I know Dorothy Perkins are online, would they have gone under if you had reached out to the 68% of people who yeah. you're not catering for? I wonder, I think a lot of it must, it has to do with cost. So like, obviously, like crudely, like if there's more fabric, mm. that's going to cost you more on the, on the, on the bottom line. Yeah. But there are brands that are doing it. Like, you know, 
I know it's sort of slightly more fast fashion, but in the style, everything goes up to 28 at least, sometimes a 32. And and their founder, Adam, I was having a chat with him the other day and he was saying, yes, it costs us a bit more, but not that much more. And it's really important to us that we do it. it's negligible. I think it's honestly negligible for the amount of like fabric you're adding and all that kind of stuff of of what you lose. Mm. I don't think it's massive. So is it fat phobia? Part of me just thinks it's this Zara vibe of... You know, we hear this rumour of the reason that Zara don't do a lot of plus size. Apparently they do do plus size and they don't tell anyone about it. But the reason that they, they have... Don't. No, I know, right? <laughs> There's no fucking way. It's because it doesn't match their aesthetic. And mm. I feel like to some of these brands, and I really hope we're wrong. Mm. I do believe that of Zara though. But like a H&M and New Look, are they not putting a plus size in their store because they don't want bigger women in the stores? Mm. Because they think that's going to look bad? Why the fuck do you think it's going to look bad? Because apparently we're 68% of the buyers. Mm. And you said this before about the importance of representation in positions of power. In these boardrooms, in these design rooms, in these marketing meetings, Mm. have you got people who represent your customer base or potential customer base? This is just fucking... This is like marketing 101, people. I would love to know like the amount of like brands that do plus size ranges, what percentage of those people mm. on that around that boardroom table are plus size because for me I, I really do think you need fat perspective for sure and I think so many brands miss out on that I know for a fact that so many brands <laughs> miss out on that but like <laughs> why not like research go out to, we're not going anywhere I know it's wild to me isn't it? so why not at least ask us it's what we want what we're wild. missing yeah right okay so what do we want well, from these I actually did retailers. a poll recently on my Instagram asking for the biggest gripes when it came to plus size fashion. Oh. And I I must have had like, thou- like th- I'm talking thousands of responses. And you could tell the frustration through yeah. it as well. It wasn't just like, oh, I would might, wouldn't mind this. It's like, this bothers me so much. <laughs> we're pissed. We're chubby and we're pissed. <laughs> I'm putting that on a t-shirt. I'm chubby and pissed off. Uh, of course, top of the list was the butterfly tops with the uh, cold, cold shoulder butterfly tops. They do still exist. I saw one, an actual honestly, real one. I feel one like we're, they're shops. a parody of themselves now, and I feel like they don't exist, but they actually still exist. I bet you Matalan have got some. Matalan are always the absolute worst. They are, to be fair. I've- hate myself uh, yeah no, I'm um, not a fan you know but there were so many different um, areas that people pointed out and I was like finding myself like nodding along so one of the gripes that uh, a lot of people told me was about the fact that a lot of plus size clothes are made for people that have big boobs and not everyone just because you're bigger doesn't mean that you have big boobs on the opposite side of the, the scale where people were saying that they have big boobs and they can't nothing fits them oh if- mate I can't find enough. yeah it's very difficult to find bras that fit I've, I gave up trying to buy shirts years ago like a button down shirt ain't gonna happen definitely plus size even I struggle with that and I don't have a massive bust I struggle with finding bras that have a bigger band size Mm. and not not a big cup size and I find that a lot of dresses and tops they gape on me like especially wrap ones because I don't have a massive bust so I feel like I find wrap dresses gape on me as well actually like bear in mind I've got like you know like I walk in the door boobs come first four minutes later I come in but like (laughs) but like they gape on me as well I just think the fit is really shit yeah 
Like, have you have they got plus size women that they're modelling these clothes on, designing these clothes for? I don't think so. Bear oh, in mind, a rat dress is supposed to like hug you, isn't yes. it, and be flattering? Uh, yes. Like, ugh, it's not. It's not great. And the other one, it's a big one. We've just spoken about it. Not being able to shop in store, shopping online, and mm. I think that this affects plus size women disproportionately, especially you know you think we're living in a cost of living crisis. It costs a lot to buy one thing in three different sizes because you don't know whether it's going to fit. I do, fit. do, yeah. Hell it costs yeah. a lot more and it's a lot more effort and ag grade to then have a big parcel to live and have to take loads back. Mm. And so I don't think that's really fair. I just want to shop on the high street. I don't want to have to be relegated. No. To the I find it so funny that my section. smaller friends will be like, well, I will be like, what are you doing? Today? I'm just going shopping. What are you going shop? What in the 2019? Like, I think the things that I buy in shops in real life are from Tesco's. Well, Lauren buys her best clothes. <laughs> but like, I don't shop in a shop. No. I Yeah, I mean, I don't bother. I think I sometimes will go to Sainsbury's and look at the clothes. Oh, I love a supermarket shop. Oh, I do as well. Oh, but I love a Sainsbury's. Do you notice, though, I do find this, the bigger sizes are always the first ones to go. Like, you have to get the stuff stocked when it's new in. So, oh, surely... point. If the they're all out of there. stock, then there is, they can see that there's demand there. But they do make fewer... Of the larger sizes. I know that for a fact. I do, yeah. They they usually make... I worked in retail back in the day and it would be like you'd get like two size 8s, three size 10s, six size 12s, six size 14s and then down, 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 down. At the time, I think we didn't even go past an 18. I wonder if they still do that because I think that's really outdated because yeah. as we know, as a world, we've got bigger. Yeah. Like, let's just all move on. We've dealt with, we deal with it. <laughs> like, are they catering for our bigger asses? The other one that came up a lot was about the lack of maternity plus size clothing. It's just pretty much non-existent. I only know that yours do it. I don't know that anyone else right, that does yeah. it. Um, so it's like you can't be fat and pregnant. Also, there's a massive lack of tall and petite sections when you're plus size. And maternity as well, actually. So be a tall, tall maternity yeah. and petite maternity. Yeah. There's like, there's, you can be one height <laughs> if you are pregnant and you cannot possibly be plus size. I think that some in some respects I'm lucky because I'm five foot nine. And so some things... I think because a lot of retailers will use the same kind of like scales mm. like for the straight size like and they just kind of size it up, it up so which is why like things like arms are either too big or too small and so are the kind yes. of jeans like the calves, they, they're too big on skinny mm. jeans, whatever. But a lot of the time I find that tops, for example, are way too short on me because they're not catering for taller people. But at the same time, I hear from so many people all the time that say that they're petite and plus size mm. and everything swamps them because I think they just assume that if you're bigger then you're taller and that's not always the case. That weird? But that's not the case. It's like, not the case. I don't understand. You don't suddenly shoot up two inches if you put on weight. I don't understand. <laughs> Logics is so silly. Yeah. Do you know what we need to do one day is you and me need to go into like, we need to do like like the mystery shopper thing and go into one of these boardrooms and be like, what the fuck are you lot up to? What are you like, doing? But we'll be secretly recording a Go Love Yourself podcast and you can get all the tea. I'd love to do that. Should we do that? That's a documentary waiting to happen. <laughs> For sure. We can go do like, what's what's the thing? The secret millionaire thing. Yeah. Yeah, that. Okay. Except when, you know, secret. S- fat shopper. Fat shopper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. and get you. <laughs> Cleopatra, come and get you. Oh, that was a tune. Um, and then, then a couple of other things that uh, were flagged to me, and this is something that I hadn't actually thought about, I must admit, but a couple of people mentioned to me about the lack of like androgynous or like more masculine plus size clothing, because a lot of the time, yeah. you know, we love a floral wood dress. However, I have to say that this came up a lot. A lot of women have said like, 
I don't just want to wear floral stuff. Like no, I don't, don't want to wear, I want to wear like cool stripes and other patterns or like more like neutrals and stuff. It feels like they do just smack a lot of floral something. Honestly, I'm re- I'm leading the revolt against the floral midi dress. I am wearing a floral yeah. dress today, but it is Same. quite mini. Same. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm leading, I just, I'm now revolting against them because I'm I like, a bit I, well. you, I, I want to, I will wear what I want to wear. Mm. Not having the options is really shit and it can sometimes make us feel shit. That's not our fault, guys. That is, literally not our fault that is the fault of the retailers honestly it's hard because I think clothes are there to express yourself and your personality and when you actually cannot do that Mm. then it can really affect your you know your self-esteem your worth your mental health Mm. Um, I think we're going to talk about that as well aren't we because you were saying that you had a bit of a clear out recently as well so yeah so if we're talking about the emotional attachment to clothes, you know, it's so we say it every time when we talk about fashion, oh, fashion's so fickle. And we say that and we always caveat it, but it's not fickle. It's not. For the reason that Laura just said of like, it, it's really very much linked to your self-esteem. Yeah. You know, if you, if you don't fit into clothes or you can't find what you want, it can make you feel like shit. Factually, it makes you feel shit. So obviously what loads of people are doing, and I, I think we say it in the first episode of the podcast, is curate your wardrobe. Get rid of shit that doesn't mm. fit anymore, that you've grown out of. Just move on. And I've, been holding on to stuff for so long part laziness of can't be bothered to sell it and to just trying to hold on to stuff but I did a massive clean out recently um, and I've got like six humongous bags of clothes I've grown out of and like no I'm saying grown out of not don't fit me anymore I'm being very very nice. intentional with that language and I went through it all and I took photos of it all ready to go on Vinted I'm going to sell everything or I will donate everything or I'll give it away whatever's best make sure those clothes live on and have lovely times but I found it so emotional. Really? Because, so some of it was like, oh, I'm a bit sad that I don't fit that anymore. And why are you so big? Why have you let yourself do all this kind of stuff? I batted them away really quickly because I don't think that, but I don't think Good. that's factual. I like genuinely don't. Good. But then you're looking at these clothes and it's more the clothes when I was 20 to 24. And those were like my party girl days. I was having great times all the time, living my best life out with friends literally every night of the week going out every weekend living my best life in the best dresses because I was size 12 and I could get everything everywhere all the time and I'm looking at these dresses I'm like I was so emotional not just for the fact that I care I don't fit them anymore and I'm very unlikely to fit in them again and I'm fine with that but more was like that's the memories attached to those dresses mm. and it's saying goodbye to that life as well it's not just saying goodbye to a physical dress you know, it's just fabric at the end of the day, let's move on. It's more, that's a proper saying goodbye to that life, that kind of party girl who I think I want to be still and I'm not because I'm 34 and everyone's married with kids. So, But you've grown so much since then. I know, but it's just that. So I, I was really good and I got rid of, I've bagged up mostly everything, but there was about 10 things and I'm like, I'm not ready. So even all of this, and I say all this, we do this podcast, there are like 10 things I am categorically not ready to get rid of. I've had really good memories in them or I'm just like, that is such a beautiful dress. I'm not (laughs) ready yet. And that's fine. I think, you know, I love your honesty and your candour. And I think like it's important for us. We don't sit here and wax lyrical. and I don't like being preachy and telling you all what to do. I think that we can share things that we've done that have been good for us. I personally curated my wardrobe. Like I do it actually very regularly. Mm, You're so good. And I had one dress that I remember I got in the sale at Debenhams. 
Remember Debenhams? Oh. <laughs> um, and it was like a size 18. It was a, like a Jasper Conran dress. It was mm. beautiful. It was in the South. It was like 80 quid and it was down to like 26 pounds. Oh, and I was like, I have to buy it. It's so beautiful. And I, it's the one dress that I have kept for years and years and years. And I'm talking like six, seven years. And I just didn't want to get rid of it because it was always that, oh, one day, what mm. if? Laura version 2.0 would get in, you know, to that. But I, did I don't know if I sold it or donated it and you know when I did I actually did feel like a lot lighter like yeah. I felt better for it because I was like the thing is as well is that well I'm, I don't want to give you advice but I just want to say that I think even if you were to get down to that size again mm. I don't think you would wear that so my sister said the same thing you wouldn't she wear called it. me and I was literally in floods of tears oh, yeah. and there was lots of other things going on because it was like bad memories of things I remember why I wore that and I remember the reason I had to buy that thing or you know when my mum was living abroad and stuff and that was the worst Mm. and like I remember that dress and like you get emotional about that I don't know emotional attachment to clothes so sue me as much work as I've done on accepting who I am and I was you know so proud of the fact that I'm like you know I'm not going to get into it I'm not like desperate and I'm not going to hang it up on my wardrobe like I used to and think I'm going to get into that again I know I'm not going to and that's fine but I'm like there's still still something there that I can't get rid of and I'm okay with the fact that that's like eight or ten dresses not the ridiculous like 80 pieces of clothing (laughs) that are all going to go and I feel so much better for it the physical space it takes up is redonkulous Mm. get them out and then obviously like the emotional emotional mental space space. my god get them out move on but yeah, I just want to be really honest that it's a really emotional process. So worth doing. Go and sell them and then use that money to go and buy stuff that you can wear that's your size now, that fits yeah. you now, whatever size that may be. And if you can, and obviously I know that we are in a cost of living crisis and it isn't always possible, which is where your vintage and your charity shops come in. Oh, I love it. Like making more investment pieces and things that will last, like that are timeless. Like mm. I'm a big advocate of that rather than like the, you know, if you're going to buy some of these 90s fashion stuff, you're going to wear it for like, you know, you're going to wear it once or twice. Really careful, if that. Yeah. And then what, what's going to happen? It's going to end up in landfill or you're not going to oh, sit no. in your wardrobe and make you feel like, oh, wasted money. And <laughs> wait 20 that. years until it comes back in fashion again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the thing with the Y2K things. Like, I'm not ready to be vintage yet. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> Not ready. That's the thing. I remember when um, when I was a 90s kid, when I was like younger. Back in like, my day. Back in my day. <laughs> going shopping, I was like 10. And I think, I think at the time there was stuff coming in that was like more 70s stuff as well. And my mum, oh, my mum was saying to me, I can't wear that. She was like this because I was going, oh, that's nice. That's nice. And she was like, oh, no, I can't. Like, it's too, like, I wore that when I was your age. She was like, and it's so out of fashion now. And I was like, no, it's not. It's new. It's new. It's trending. But I get it now because I see, like, these teenagers wearing the 90s stuff. And I'm like, I don't mean to say, oh, you look ridiculous in a horrible way. But I'm like, (laughs) oh, God. Like, because I remember, like, I think of, like, dorky younger me that didn't know anything about fashion oh. wearing one of those like black choker necklaces oh, things choker necklaces like, what's so upsetting uh, is we've moved away from the 90s we're now at the noughties yeah. and what's really upsetting is that like what was when we were younger in the 90s your mum getting upset about the 70s that is now us but about the naughty. Yeah. and it's I st- it just took what mm-hmm, I'm not ready <laughs> I'm not ready I'm not ready oh yeah so that's my issue with Y2K fashion it can fuck yeah. off <laughs> I completely agree with you I, it sucks <laughs> like I re- I've even seen like you know there's like stud belts oh no no no, no. Do, you, oh do you remember like the Sienna Miller at Glastonbury and, oh, and Kate I loved Moss. Sienna Miller the, style the, the, the skirts from with those big belts with, with the, the, the circle the circle metal oh, things on oh yeah the boneros like the short bonerose. cut, cut 
You mean boleros? Oh shit, do I mean boleros? Boleros? I said boleros. You think of rolos? No, I mean boleros. Boleros! I've said boleros for 20 years, is that wrong? Yeah. Boleros? Bolero. Isn't that the dance from by Torval and Dean? This is hilarious attitude, not that it is. A bolero! Oh my god, this is almost as good as the time that my mum called LinkedIn LinkedIn. 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 Well, there you go. I've learned something new. But yeah, the Boleros. <laughs> I don't want them to come back. No. I'm not ready. It's too soon. I agree. I actually saw one woman wearing one on holiday and I was like, oh. And she had like a rara skirt on and it was like a proper throwback. This sounds really bitchy and don't mean it to be. It was just like a, oh, I've not seen one of those in like forever. Oh my God, yeah. Talking of though, Laguna Beach and the Hills went on to Netflix recently and I watched them and the throwback fashion is wild what were we wearing this is why I'm talking don't even you do The Handmaid's Tale yeah it's great television yeah for like depression like (laughs) it's got meaning substance it's not vacuous Uh, how dare you say that about Laguna Beach (laughs) do you remember when bikinis bottoms used to have fabric (laughs) because what is this trend now where like you just have thong I sound so old I'm only in my 30s fuck's sake but like I remember when bikini when I when I went to like the shagaloof holidays we were wearing bikini bottoms as hipsters and they covered our ass now it's like you wear them up underneath your armpits and you have a thong and your ass is out, which means you've got to tan your ass. I think it's like a lot of people were turning the bikini bottoms. It's actually quite a good trick, by the way, uh, for anyone, not just for like petite women. But people are turning the bikini bottoms round so that they're fuller at the front for your fupa and your That's fanny. That's a fantastic idea. And then they're more, not thong-like, but they're just less oh, coverage in the back. I don't mind a little bit of cheek out, but right. I don't want you to see what I had for breakfast. Twist your bikini bottoms round. There's a little <gasps> hack for you for your next holiday. Fupa. That's a yeah. great idea, It's not a bad one, is it? Can I do that with a swimming costume and just be like a bit Jodie Marsh with the belts, like just, oh just about God, covering? Oh my God, remember that. See, this is it. This is the Y2K, guys, that you need to bring it back. I want Skinny eyebrows. No. <laughs> I do not. No. I do not. Boot cut, real like big boot cut flare jeans. No. With those Reebok classics that no. are like wet at the bottom. Yeah, no. Oh, I definitely had those. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, we digress. Fashion clothes. Right, I've written a list of things that I'm going to speak on behalf of all plus size people today. <laughs> we have our spokesperson, Laura Addington, in the room. <laughs> Make things way. that we want from retailers. Do you want to hear it? Absolutely. Okay, okay, let's start. Number one, <laughs> extend your sizing. We don't want no bingo 22, that'll do. Stop wherever you like. <laughs> Basically, we want to wear the same clothes as everyone else. Groundbreaking, I know, groundbreaking. It's groundbreaking. Also, I don't want a separate plus size range anymore. I always thought I did, mm. but I don't anymore. See, this is where I kind of... Oh, I don't want to be Switzerland and I don't want to have splinters in my ass for sitting on the fence too much. But I, I kind of flip between wanting one and not, and not because mm. there are sometimes. For example, I was on the Abercrombie website the other day, and I, I've only kind of just realised that they do plus size and they deliver to the UK. I love it. I've got a plus size dress from there. Have you? It's great. So I was on the website, and some of them are plus size only, and some of them were just all sizes. So mm. from like a six to a, I think it's like twenty eight thirty. But there were some styles that I was like, that doesn't work. 
that will not work for okay. a plus size person. As in like it's straight up, straight down. Mm. It was like a knitted, almost like Chanel-like kind of dress. Mm. Really pretty. But you really would have to be slim or more of like a boyish figure mm. to carry that off. And I was like, that's where you need someone to go in and go, okay, we're going to nip that in at the waist and make that A-line and then kick that skirt out a little bit on that dress. And then we're going to make the arms a bit longer rather mm. than three quarters because that looks a bit weird. Like it would just look like it's not fitting. Mm. So I think, yes, sometimes like I go like Matalan, for example, when I was saying to you like last summer, went in there, really nice, pretty dresses at the front. I was like, I just want that in my size. Mm. I just want to wear the same thing. Mm. But I also do think that consideration needs to be made because when you are bigger, your proportions do change. And I do think that sometimes we want different things. Mm. So I don't know. So it's I'm a difficult one. Semi not disagree with you, but maybe challenge you on the kind of like the straight up, straight down thing, or like things wouldn't work because it's kind of like obviously we've got the philosophy: wear whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, if you like, so, you wear it. Yeah. So there's some things that like maybe we wouldn't wear personally, and that's totally fine. But yeah, I think you're right in that. I think we need ranges where they are like maybe longer there, or they've got a bit more give there, mm. or like you said, we're. A size 18 is not a size 12 with four more inches around it. It works a little bit different. Yeah. So I want to see every single piece of clothing that a retailer makes in all the sizes, no matter if we would wear it or not, but then consideration made to those people in bigger sizes and smaller sizes and maternity and tall and petite mm. of what's actually going to work on our bodies as well. Yeah, and I also think that, you know, we talk about plus size fashion and how hard it is for us, but also for anyone above a size 32, it is pretty much impossible it must to be buy impossible. So I also think that that needs to be taken into consideration as well, not just kind of what's, you know, an acceptable number really to stop as well, at. I, re- I think there are a lot of brands who do like specially made, you know, you send in your measurements mm. and you get a dress and they're beautiful and they're wonderful, but they are expensive. Yeah. So number two on my list... Yes is for retailers and brands to produce accurate size charts. Because as I was saying earlier about plus size people being disproportionately affected by having to shop more online, Mm. we have to buy more sizes and at the end of the day it costs more and it's like not great for the environment having multiple things delivered. So what we need are decent, accurate size charts. You can actually measure yourself and then go, yeah, that'll fit me. That or that won't, mm. um, because otherwise you're just wasting money buying three different sizes, and it's just so true. It's just annoying. It's just not. It's unnecessary, and yep. you kind of get used. To, if you buy a lot of clothes, you get used to knowing, I guess, what size to buy from that place. But you like you're right. There is a measurement guide there, but that fifty centimeters is actually not when it arrives. I've had those dresses mm. and kind of you know when I used to buy from like Shein and stuff, you'd look at the measurements and it's like there's no fucking way that is what you do fifty centimeters, fifty inches, whatever. There's like no fucking way. That's what then makes you upset when you get all these clothes through that you yeah. think are your size or you've ordered one or two sizes above. Yeah, then you feel like shit. You do like we always say that you know it's just a number, but it does affect you. Yeah, hell yeah. When you think you're, you're a certain size and then you, that comes and it doesn't fit you or doesn't mm. even go up like mm. past your thighs, it's going to make you feel shit about, like, about yourself. Yeah, we want accurate sizing guides, please. Yes, and we want consistency across the board. Yes, please. Oh, that is that famous like, plus picture sizes on Facebook, either. isn't it? Like, these are all a size 12 and it like ranges yeah. so much. That's madness. Yeah, it's not just plus sizes. No, it's all of It's them. all sizes. Hell yeah. Okay, number three, and this is a... Big one. This is something that really, really annoys me is about showing clothes on different size bodies because I feel like... Oh my God, it's so annoying. I don't know really why it's... Is it that hard to get a plus size model in? 
No, I see there. so many mid-size, I hate that term, you know, I don't really mm, love it, but yeah. I see so many mid-size models modelling plus-size clothes. Why? I want to see mm. what it looks like on my body. Yeah. Also, I have to say that a lot of the models that are used to have your typical hourglass frames, a flat stomach, like, can we just have a bit of representation? Like, I'm pretty sure they would sell more clothes. The amount of messages that I get from people saying, like, there was a, a dress that I put on my Instagram recently from Never Fully Dressed. And I must have had about 100 messages from people saying, I never would have looked twice at this on the website. Oh, well, it looks so much on better on you. Like, mm. And I, I don't say that to be a big head. It's yeah. just literally like, because it was styled on a size six person... They didn't, they, they couldn't didn't then on their body. picture. Yeah, exactly. So this is where, and again, it's, it's annoying, but it's a great example of people that are doing it right is in the style. And yes, they are fast fashion. But when you look at their clothes online, they have got a range of different body sizes. Yeah. And it's not just the token plus size. Mm-hmm. There's actually like two, if not maybe more, yeah. bigger women who are different size biggers. Mm. And it's so nice to see, right, that's what it's, I sort of look like her. Somebody's going to look like that on me. Yeah. So yes or no. And like there are some wonderful plus size models out there who are not getting the work because we've heard about examples of brands hiring models and putting them in fat suits yeah, so they can still have the jawline. What I would love to see more, exactly like you said, is a plus size model that doesn't have the hourglass and the flat stomach because I don't have that. And Mm. I don't really know a lot of plus size women in real life who do. No, We have foopers, we have bellies, we have hips, we have the back fat, all of it, obviously. I want to see that. I want to exactly. see what my fupa's going to look like in that tra- in those trousers, please. Absolutely. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Number four on the list. Yes. You ready? Yes. Stock all sizes in your shops. We yes. want to try on clothing before we buy it. Yes. And plus sizes not being in shops is a huge barrier and it makes us feel like shit. It makes us feel like you don't want our business and it makes me not want to give my business to you. And this is unfortunately where issues with fast fashion and plus size come into play because... Shein, for example, is uh, there are obviously there are literally thousands and millions of different options out there Mm. and they're really easy and they stock all the sizes. But if you want to shop more consciously, it's that much more difficult if you're plus size. And it's a lot more expensive. So much more expensive. Okay, number five. Yes. Engage with the plus size community. We're here. We're not going anywhere. So please talk to us. We're here. We're trying to get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I just think that it would be really refreshing to actually... Okay, this is like the next one on my list, but I'm going to merge it into one. Engage, either engage with the plus size community or have fat people in your buying teams, in your brand, in your merchandising, in your in your everything teams, yeah. because you, like I said before, you do need that fat perspective. And I really think that that is missing. I do as well. And I don't really see that changing, if I'm honest. But that would make a huge difference to a lot of brands quite quickly, I think, because we'll buy into it quickly. We don't need, you know, if I knew that one particular brand had you know, representation on their teams that you just said, you know, the design teams, buying, merchandising, marketing. And I knew that I was going to be able to go and buy my size in a dress and it was going to fit, whether it was online or in store. Do you know how quickly I would put that on Instagram? Do you know how quickly then my fat friends would also be like, hell freaking yeah. If you put that on your Instagram, oh, stop it. We need to launch our own brand, Laura. <laughs> We do. Like, it's so important. If anyone out there is listening and, knows and can help us launch our own fabulous plus-size clothing brand, then please <laughs> just get in no, touch. Yeah, no big deal. Just, you know, <laughs> just tie it from my little room and just there my little sewing machine. <laughs> Thank you.
Right, it has been a while, Laura. So I think it's time for another Am I the Arsehole? Oh, I just love these so much. <laughs> we love okay, go. Hit me. Okay, I've got one today. And this person, again, just to reiterate, this is not us saying it. This is from the <laughs> internet. <laughs> um, this person has asked, am I the arsehole for asking my mum to walk me down the arm instead of my father? I was adopted and both my adopted parents have been in my life, but emotionally my mum is more present. My dad has had his struggles with depression and alcohol, so he wasn't always present in the formative years as he went in and out of rehab. Two years ago, I met the love of my life and we agreed to get married. Then I asked my mum if she could walk me down the aisle. News broke out, the family heard of it, and family members who used to ignore me are suddenly very invested in our wedding and very angry at me. The pressure has really upset my mum and an aunt told me, regardless of how I feel about my father, the honour of walking me belongs to him. He may not have been perfect, but he stuck around when he could and provided for me. I see her point and coupled with the fact that my mum has pulled out, I almost changed my mind. I still want my mum to walk me, but now I feel like an ungrateful bitch. Am I the arsehole? Bless her. I feel really sad for her that she's in that like predicament. Like I feel with weddings, we get so caught up in like pleasing everyone else that we stop thinking about what we actually want. It sounds like she wants her mum to walk her down the ass. Uh, the, uh, the arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian's like there. Um, if that's what she wants, then I think that's what she... Like, should do don't you fuck yeah am i the arsehole asking my mum to walk me down the arm instead of my father absolutely not we get weddings are so bizarre so odd. in that tradition just outweighs common sense yeah you're so like, right like the man giving away the daughter like it is weird like yeah. no like don't make me get on my feminist hat right now because i will but i won't it is an honor to do and it's very wonderful and fabulous it doesn't matter which pairing it is yeah whoever you want let's stop being silly ghosts <laughs> Agreed for once. <laughs> Yay! Okay, I have one more for you. Am I the asshole for asking my roommate to leave the room while crying over her breakup so I could sleep? <laughs> so excited where this goes. She says, I'm a college freshman and I opted to go for a random roommate. I was matched with this girl, Donna, and so far we've gotten along pretty well. Donna has a boyfriend called Malcolm who she's constantly on the phone with. A few weeks ago, I wanted to go to sleep early since I had an 8am midterm the next day. I told Donna in advance and she said she'd be quiet. I fell asleep at around 9.30. However, at about 1am, I woke up to the sound of Donna scream crying. I immediately got out of bed and went over to her and asked what was wrong, thinking something horrible had just happened. Took me a little bit to get her out of it, but she managed to tell me that Malcolm had just broken up with her over text. Oh, oh what, Malcolm. What a dick. <laughs> Nearly said the C word. Um, I felt awful for her and spent a while trying to comfort her, but she wouldn't calm down at all. She just kept sobbing and sobbing very loudly, which is very understandable since they have been together for a while. Here's where I might be the arsehole though. Eventually, it started to get closer to 2.30am and Donna still wasn't calming down. But I needed my sleep since I had a midterm in five hours. So I suggested we both just go to sleep and revisit it later. She just looked at me like I was insane and asked if I really expected her to sleep and then kept crying. I knew it was unlikely she'd calm down anytime soon. So I very gently asked her if she could leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> until she was able to calm down a bit so I could sleep. I couldn't go to a friend's dorm since most of my friends live in dorms that are farther away and I didn't want to walk by myself in the city at night. Plus, I wouldn't want to bother them on such short notice. Again, Donna just looked at me like I was crazy and didn't say anything. She just kept crying. Finally, she got up and without looking at me, she stomped out, still crying, and I just went back to sleep. 
When I woke up for my midterm, she was back in her bed and sleeping. But since then, she's hardly said a word to me. I still feel terrible about what happened since she was going through a lot. And I'd really appreciate outside perspectives. Is she the arsehole? I don't, I don't know, actually. I think she could have handled it better. because she. And I think she knows that because she wouldn't be asking the question otherwise. And the fact that she's always saying, know. like, I, I feel bad, I feel terrible. I think just have some open communication with her and just say, look, I feel like maybe I didn't handle that as well. I'm sorry, but I was really stressed about the midterm. Can we, you know, resolve this and be friends again? I don't know if she was an arsehole. I'm just not sure. Again, like comforting someone that you don't know that well for four hours. Like I appreciate you're going through a breakup, but if it's 2.30 a.m. and you're scream crying Mm. and you signed up to share a room with someone... I think they I think it's I think it's not that deep. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. I I I'm I don't know. I think they're both silly and both fine. <laughs> I'm gonna sit on this fence so damn hard. She's got splinters in her ass from sitting on the fence. Got splinters in my well ass. Okay. What I do find so interesting though, this isn't a thing that we have in the UK, is like shared yeah, dorm slash uh, halls rooms. We have mm. like our own room like Mm. i cannot imagine having started uni and having to share a bedroom with someone like how do you get freaky deaky do you just like it just happens like with someone else like there it is alien to us i think in the uk isn't it i think it's just the norm over there but yeah it's so the norm like you literally have like a tiny room and there's two little single beds in there and you people share rooms it's so strange Girls, get yourself over to the UK. It's great. You can have your own door. You have your own door. It locks and you can get freaky deaky all you like. The most important thing about college, of course. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Really hope you found it interesting. And if you ever want to get in touch with us, you can, of course, email us on golove at crowdnetwork.co.uk. And if you want more of us before our next episode, you can check out our Facebook group, which is Go Love Yourself Community or our Instagram at Go Love Yourself Pod. And you can also support the show by subscribing on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, where you can get ad-free and early episodes for £1 a week. Or you can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. That's a sort of freedom, like an intrinsic knowledge, like you are part ocean, ocean is part you. You have salt water in your body. You are part of this. Oceans, life underwater. A new podcast all about the oceans and the mind-blowing life within them. Subscribe now to Oceans, Life Underwater on your favorite podcast app.